Father, we, uh, we hope that we can walk away with just a little bit of this information that we might give an apologetic or a reason for the hope that lies within, that we simply are not clinging to something that is a myth that there is no evidence for. Help us, Lord, to be solid in our faith and not be wavering or double-minded, as your word says. For we know the double-minded individual can be tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine. And help us to be able to, again, expand on the reasons we believe, not just with the information today, but as we study your word, become solidified in our faith and our commitment to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So was Jesus even a real man? And we must be able to answer the question for ourselves. A, a major piece of research by the Evangelical Alliance and the Church of England and HOPE, H-O-P-E, was found that two out of five people in the United Kingdom doubted that Jesus was even a real person. So 60% believed, but 40% did not, that he wasn't even real. The Barna Group conducted this survey with comrades of 3,000 people and found that, like I said, 60% believed Jesus was a real person who actually lived, and 40% did not. Now, the research reveals that more than a third of the people in UK may be unaware that Jesus was a real historical figure. And under the age of 35, 25% were more likely to think that Jesus didn't exist at all. But above 36%, there was more of a reasonable chance that they would believe that Jesus was, in fact, a real person. So how would you go about assessing if Jesus was even real, if he wasn't some conglomeration of a bunch of personalities in ancient history? After all, this is 2,000 years ago, and if you go to the beginning of the Bible, that's 6,000 years ago when it gets to the creation of Adam. And how can you keep an accurate record for 6,000 years? And of course, Moses, he, he came about 1,500 years before the birth of Christ, and he is the one that wrote the first five books of the Old Testament. So if you add that up, that'd be 3,500 years ago. Is this stuff accurate? And we need to know if it's accurate or not. And I've often said, and you've probably heard me say this, if it can be proven wrong, I don't want to follow it. I will forsake it, I will walk away, but I haven't been able to do it yet. And I always listen to those who give a defense for the non-existence of Jesus or for the non-existence of the truth of Christianity. I always want to test what I believe. And if I can not be persuaded because the evidence is lacking, well, great. But if I can be persuaded, I will forsake it. Just like I've, you've heard me say before. When I talk to Muslims, if they can convince me that the Quran is true, I will convert. But if they cannot, I will not convert. And I give them the same challenge. I will say to them, to the Jehovah Witnesses, and also to the Mormons, if you can prove to me that what you teach is true, I will become what you are. But the challenge I deliver to them is, if you can't and I can prove it, you must become a believer. So I give them that challenge. And it's always exciting to see them say, okay. But then they walk away and just go, no, I'm not going to. Uh, because of the evidence that I'm able to present to them, it, it seems like what they bring falls a little short. So to answer a question like this, how many witnesses would be enough to satisfy you that Jesus was a real person? Is it one, two, ten? 
500? Well, in the case of perjury, in common law, there's a rule of two witnesses. And it's in section 1621 in a case of Wheeler versus United States, 323 U.S. 606, 609, and it was adjudicated in 1945. And it says there must be two witnesses to get a conviction in a perjury case. That's the secular standard which is out there for perjury. Well, we know that also in Scripture, several times it is listed. One of them is in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15. You must not convict anyone of a crime on the testimony of only one witness. The facts of the case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So if you wanted to know if Jesus was even a real person, we have to gather witnesses and information. Now, we would gather the testimony of historians. Historians would be able to go back and they would have written documents from way back proving anything to be true or to be false. We would have to refer to them. We'd also want to collect artifacts, artifacts that would point to the Bible that the Bible is true. And then you would want to question eyewitnesses or read the testimony of those who questioned eyewitnesses who were there that saw everything that transpired. You have to go back to the original events to prove if Jesus was actually there or not. So we're going to look at historians, we're going to look at artifacts, and we're going to look at eyewitnesses. Well, historians, how many historians are out there that we could refer to that would give us the testimony that Jesus, in fact, was a real person? Well, how about 27 books in the New Testament? But the secular world says, no, you can't use the New Testament. If you go through textual criticism, you find out that what was written back in the time of Jesus and even the Old Testament before, it has been translated and it has been transmitted to us in an accurate form. The Dead Sea Scrolls that were found gave us information even a thousand years older than we had originally possessed that verified the truth of the Old Testament. And the New Testament, the copies of the New Testament Greek and uh, everything that was written, even in Aramaic and the, uh, not the Dead Sea Scrolls, but the papyri which are out there, Everything that was written testifies to what we have comports or is equal to the originals when they were written. And that's very important. And they were starting to be copied only 25 years after the originals. I have at least one book that is about 200 years old. And I have it with me. And, and I can read things from 200 years ago. And I'm going, wow, that's, that's pretty amazing that they could survive that long. But it was only 25 years before copies of the New Testament were made and distributed. And we have over 25,000 copies of the New Testament. So we can have accuracy in what has been translated to us and transmitted to us over the centuries. Now, there's another guy besides the Apostle Paul and everyone who authored the books of the New Testament called Flavius Josephus. He was a man who lived around 47 to 100 AD. And of course, he was a Jew. And the Romans ransacked uh, the city of Jerusalem, and he became an historian for the Romans, and he wrote down several things. And in Antiquities chapter 18, in uh, section 3, verse 3, it says, by him, this is what he wrote. There was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure, he drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was Christ, 
And when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men among us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him at the first did not forsake him, for he appeared to them alive again the third day, as the divine prophets had foretold these and 10,000 other wonderful things concerning him. And the tribe of Christians so named from him are not extinct at this day. So he was an historian, was around in the first century, was able to record these things and the events. He has much more to say about that. But we have the New Testament authors. We have Flavius Josephus, one secular, one Christian. Then we have Tacitus. Tacitus lived from 56 to 120 AD. Now, this is after the crucifixion of Christ in 33 AD. But he was not a fan of Christians. But he testified to the fact that Jesus was a real individual. This is what he wrote. Nero fastened the guilt and inflicted the most exquisite tortures on a class hated for their abominations called Christians by the populace. Christus, from whom the name had its origin, suffered the extreme penalty during the reign of Tiberius at the hands of one of the prosecutors, our procurators, Pontius Pilate, and a most mischievous superstition thus checked for the moment again broke out not only in Judea, the first source of the evil, that would be Christendom, but even in Rome where all things hideous and shameful from every part of the world find their center and become popular. So he wrote that this Jesus was a real guy and these Christians were just like an evil and they were spreading everywhere. So we have the apostles, we have those who authored the New Testament, we have Flavius Josephus, we have Tacitus, and then we have Pliny the Younger. He was also governor of Asia Minor, and he wrote letters to Emperor Trajan around 112 describing Christians worshiping Jesus as a god. He wrote, they, referring to Christians, were in the habit of meeting on a certain fixed day before it was light, that's early in the morning, like four or five o'clock in the morning. And when they sang in alternate verses a hymn to Christ as to a God and bound themselves by a solemn oath not to any wicked deeds, but never to commit any fraud, theft or adultery, never to falsify their word, nor deny a trust when they should be called upon to deliver it up, after which it was their custom to separate and then resemble to partake of food, or reassemble, to partake of food, but of an ordinary and innocent kind. And so he wrote that in his epistle, chapter 10, verse 96. So we have these individuals who are testifying to the fact that Jesus was a real individual. Those are just four references. There are dozens and dozens that I could give you. So it would seem that the historical record, both biblical and extra biblical, point to the existence of Jesus as a person, as a man. Well, what about artifacts? What kind of artifacts do we have? Do we have the cross of Jesus? Do we have that? Do we have his burial clothes? You know, there is the shroud of Turin. Some say it is the burial cloth of Jesus. Some say it isn't. That's something that they would have laid over him. We don't know if, in fact, it is true. I've seen programs ever since I was young. The Shroud of Turin, the burial cloth of Christ. We just don't know about that. It would be nice if it was. But what other artifacts are there out there? Well, the people in the Bible, there are recordings of certain individuals. And one of those is the brother of Jesus, 
Uh, Of course, Jesus had four younger brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. And two of those are authors of the New Testament epistles that we have. But they found the ossuary of James, the brother of Jesus. Now, what is an ossuary? When somebody would die, they would put them into a cave. They would roll the stone over the cave, and they would wait for the body to decompose. And it would take years. And then once it decomposed, they would take the bones of the individual, and they would put them in a box. And that box would normally be made out of stone. And there were inscriptions on this particular ossuary that said that this is James, the brother of Jesus. And is it true? Is it not true? Well, there was a trial, this guy who discovered it, it was Odin, Oded Golan was his name. And he was put on trial because they accused him of manufacturing some artifacts, some ancient artifacts which were out there. He was not convicted, he was declared innocent of that. But whether or not that is true, that box does exist, did he manufacture it, did he not manufacture it, I I don't know that we'll ever find out truly. He claimed that it was not manufactured later when he was brought to trial on the manufacture of these ancient relics, but we'll never know. Is there anything else that we have out there? Well, Pontius Pilate was thought not to exist, that he was not an individual of antiquity that is recorded in the Bible. Well, they found this stone that was dedicated to Tiberius Caesar by Pontius Pilate. And this is at Caesarea Maritima. Uh, If you go there today, you will see this stone that is there that is a replica of what they found, and it's written in Greek. And it names Pontius Pilate. And there are other historical figures that write about Pontius Pilate that he condemned Jesus to death. But it was found in 1961, so it verified that what was in the Bible was actually real, and he was a real man, and he is the one that condemned Jesus. Then there's also the ossuary of Caiaphas, the high priest in Jerusalem, who existed at the time of Jesus, and the one who condemned Jesus to death on the Jewish side. They found his ossuary. There are several other things. Like, for instance, in the 3rd century, they found this church at Megiddo, east of Haifa, and the inmates in a prison accidentally unearthed an ancient church floor consisting of an intricate mosaic inscription saying, To the God Jesus Christ. And it was unearthed in 2005. So that was three centuries afterwards. So for three centuries, this worship of Jesus had been taking place. They also found the Pool of Siloam, which Jesus conducted healings at. And it was discovered during a municipal sewer project. They were digging, and all of a sudden they found, oh, look at this. We found a a, a place of historical significance. It's listed in John chapter 9. And that's where Jesus healed the blind man. By the way, just on a, a side note, if you haven't seen The Chosen, I would invite you to see that. Even today at 4 o'clock, season 3 is coming out. I think it's episode 3 or 4. And you need to watch that. And I think it is the best depiction of all the movies I have ever seen of Jesus Christ and his disciples. I, I think it's a great production which is out there. And there is some controversy surrounding it because the Mormons are involved in that, and you can read about that online, but I still think it is the best depiction of Jesus, the historical depiction of Jesus. And they take a little bit of liberty in that, 
But I invite you to watch that as a parenthetical thought. And then also, in 2007, they found the tomb of Herod the Great. It was discovered. So all these guys are biblical figures that appear to us, especially in the Gospels. And it adds validity to the fact that the Gospels and the rest of the New Testament have been handed down to us accurately through the years, which points to Jesus Christ. That's the whole reason we have the New Testament. So we have these historians, we have these artifacts. Well, what about eyewitnesses? Well, I'm going to be a little redundant here. Matthew, Mark, Peter, Luke, John, Paul, James, Judas. All of these guys are bearing testimony to the fact that Jesus existed. Now, all of them that we know of, except for John, was martyred for their faith. Would you claim the name of Jesus if somebody was going to come and kill you unless you renounced or recanted your faith? Would you do that if it wasn't true? I wouldn't do that if it wasn't true, but these men did. They all went to their death because they believed in Jesus. Well, again, let's just discount the Bible because that's what secular historians do if they want to say that Jesus didn't exist. They put that to the side. They don't think it's valid, even though it's the most accurate transmitted document of ancient history. Uh, the only thing that comes close is Homer's Iliad, and that wasn't copied until 500 years after the original, and there's only a handful of copies that were in existence at, back then, and the historians of today say, oh, it's accurate. Well, if you use that same measure, the New Testament is overwhelmingly more valid than any other work of antiquity. So we have those apostles and those writers of the New Testament. And then there's a guy in 52 AD, Thallus is his name, uh, he's perhaps the earliest secular writer uh, to mention Jesus. Now, he existed in the time of the apostles there, but his writings are so old, most of them didn't make it, or actually none of them made it. But he is quoted by Julius Africanus in writings around 221 AD, where he still had the writings at that particular time. And this is what he wrote. On the whole world there pressed a most fearful darkness and the rocks were rent by an earthquake and many places in Judea and other districts were thrown down. This darkness in the third book of Thallus in his history calls us or calls us uh, with reason that there was an eclipse of the sun. So he says, he, he makes a, a verification of the fact the Bible talks about the sun was darkened during the crucifixion of Christ. Now what is unique about this is the Jewish calendar goes by the full moon. When you have Pas Passover or any of the festivals, it's because there's a full moon. When there's a full moon, the moon is on the opposite side of the earth as the sun when you have an eclipse, the moon has to be on the same side as the sun. But the sun was darkened for three hours, but the moon was on the other side of the earth. Thallus is making a testimony to this fact. He's going, this is like really weird. And there's other people that talked about this too. How is that possible? 
It had to be a miracle. Was there some other planet X that came in and covered the sun? Is that possible? Well, no. They've done studies to see, well, that's where the moon was and the gravitational, you know, they can actually extrapolate backwards of where all the planets were at the time of the birth and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There was also Fliegen, Fliegen in 80 to 140 A.D., uh, it says, in a manner similar to Thales, Jul- Julius Africanus also mentioned an historian named Fliegen who wrote a chronicle of history around 140 A.D. In this history, Fliegen also mentions the darkness surrounding the crucifixion in an effort to explain it. Fliegen records that in the time of Tiberius Caesar, at full moon, there was a full eclipse of the sun from the sixth to the ninth hour. And so they're recording a miracle that took place, and that's what Scripture says, that it was darkness that covered the face of the earth, a great earthquakes and rocks split in two. And so we have these recordings of eyewitnesses. So the crucifixion took place on Passover, and we know that the Passover had a full moon. It was in the opposite side of the earth that would have been necessary. So, so far, I've mentioned only four historians, not counting the New Testament, listed six artifacts and pointed to seven eyewitnesses of those who knew or those who knew eyewitnesses and recording what they had to say. With all this evidence, and if you go back to getting a conviction under perjury, only two witnesses are necessary. These 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 things I've just given you, how many more are there out there? There are dozens and dozens of things we could point to. Even if they got rid of the Bible from the face of the earth, the Bible is so quoted in history that you could recreate it from all the documents and books which are out there. We could easily do that. Not just the Bible has that information. It is over all the face of the earth. And Christianity, even though it's only 31% of the population, it is the largest religion on the face of the earth. And we actually mark our date by the birth and burial and death resurrection of Jesus Christ. It goes back. So we know that 2,022 years ago is when Jesus was crucified. The Jews have a different calendar. It's over 5,000 years that they have on their calendar. But in the entirety of humanity has been affected by the advent of Jesus in his first coming here, even as a babe. Now, Scripture tells us that there are many more of each that might also establish that Jesus was a real person. There is so much evidence out there to be had. Well, what about the rest of it? Was he a preacher and a healer? Did he rise from the dead? I think we've already established that he was a real person. But did he do these other things? Well, although it rejects the divinity of and and is hostile to Jesus, the Jewish Talmud attests to the fact that Jesus existed and did miracles. And he was crucified. This is written in the Sanhedrin 43a. It reads, Jesus the Nazarene was hanged and a herald went forth before him 40 days heralding. Jesus the Nazarene is going forth to be stoned because he practiced sorcery and instigated and seduced Israel to idolatry. Whoever knows anything in defense may come and state it. But since they did not find anything in his defense, they hanged him on the Sabbath Eve, the eve of the Passover. 
That's the Jewish Talmud that records this. There are other references in the Talmud to Jesus. They said that Jesus was a sorcerer with disciples, that there was healing in the name of Jesus, that he was a Torah teacher, that he was a son or disciple that turned out badly. And as a frivolous disciple who practiced magic and turned to idolatry, Jesus' punishment is in the afterlife listed in the Talmud. Jesus' execution is listed. And Jesus as the son of Mary is listed. That's in the Jewish Talmud. And the Jews hated Jesus at that time. Well, did Jesus rise from the dead? We have over 500 witnesses in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that saw Jesus at one time. It doesn't count all the other witnesses. Of course, he appeared to all the apostles and to Paul, lastly. But he appeared to other people as well. How many witnesses are necessary? Two? At the most three? Well, there were 500 people at one time. And at the time the book of 1 Corinthians was written, it could have easily have been refuted by those who were around at the time. And we have no record of anybody refuting the Apostle Paul and his recount of what took place. Now, we also have the Bible, which has existed for all this time, and there have been attempts to destroy it. There is the church that has existed all this time. And Jesus said the gates of hell would not... uh, uh, take out the church it would exist for all of history there are other references to other people clement of rome ignatius of antioch the creeds uh, that were in existence before the letters were circulated which are now the new testament and lucian of samosota from 120 to 180 and there are dozens more which are out there that attest to the fact that jesus was real he did these healings and it was recorded that he raised from the dead it's not just the bible that tells us this In Acts chapter 1, verse 1, we know that Luke wrote that to Theophilus. And he says, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his sufferings, he showed himself to these men and gave, and here's the key part of verse 3, many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So Christmas is celebrating the birth of Christ, who is God, who became a human, that was born, that he might die for us, that we would have a sacrifice acceptable to the Father, that our sins would be forgiven. He did it in our stead. Otherwise, we would suffer that same punishment. So if Jesus is real, Celebrating Christmas is warranted, defensible, reasonable, justified, and appropriate. That's why we have Christmas. Now, you may observe Christmas with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It is something that we should do because God reached out to us, gave us the message of salvation, wanted us to accept it, and that's why we give gifts because he gave us the ultimate gift. Now, Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 through 26, I'll give you this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This is my prayer for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the testimony of those who have gone before us. For thousands of years, we have been told that Jesus would come on the scene. We saw that he did. And we have testimony that he, in fact, rose from the dead. He had power over death. And Father, we understand that if we accept this gift, if we call you Lord, if we confess our sins to you, that we will have this same gift of salvation. And as I said last evening, Lord, 
We know that you offer it to everyone, but not everyone accepts it. May you have your grace and mercy upon them. May you pierce the veil and bring them into the fold for eternal life. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Let's stand as we sing our closing song.